Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with more than 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and from Iberia Bank, offering comprehensive banking services designed to meet the needs of consumer, small business, and commercial clients, serving Louisiana clients for 100 128 years and now serving a regional base with a commitment to developing people and investing in its communities. IberiaBank.com. Additional support comes from Luba Workers Comp and 30 North Investments. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. If you don't know anything else about New Orleans, you know there's an extraordinary amount of great food and music here. If you live here, you probably know that many of our great musicians went to school at NOCA, New Orleans Center for the Creative Arts. It's a high school you, you actually audition to get into where you learn advanced music, theater, dance, culinary arts on top of your regular academic studies. If you get in, your education is free, thanks in part to an organization called the NOCA Institute. The NOCA Institute provides funding for NOCA, raising money for programs like financial aid for students, bringing artists and residents into the school, and much more. The executive director of the NOCA Institute is Sally Perry. Sally, welcome out to lunch. Delighted to be here. NOCA is known primarily as the school most of our great musicians come from, but its culinary graduates are not so well known, maybe because there's no professional cooking school in New Orleans to graduate to. But there is a cooking school for amateur chefs. It's called Crescent City Cooks, and its founder is Nita Due. Nita, welcome out to lunch. Thanks for having me. Now, Sally, whether your kid goes to public school, which your tax dollars theoretically have already paid for, or a private school that costs the equivalent of a house note, uh, there always seems to be a PTA that has to raise even more money. NOCA's financial needs with highly specialized programs and instructors must be even greater than most schools. I would assume the NOCA Institute, unlike the PTA, is not having bake sales, fun runs, and raffles. Uh, do you manage endowments? Do you have investors? Where are you finding the finances to fund NOCA? Well, we find it from a lot of different resources, and lately we're trying to diversify our revenue resources. So we've opened some public-facing but mission-aligned um, uh, projects such as Press Street Station. We have a new restaurant uh, right on the cool NOCA campus. Truck, right? We have the boxcar, a uh, very cool food truck. It's not necessarily been a great revenue source <laughs> quite yet. Um, we do have some failures in addition to success, but that's what we teach our yeah. NOCA students. You know, that's you learn the most from failure. Absolutely. Um, we have Five Press Gallery, which is a fabulous art gallery that's attached to the restaurant. We have the Press Street Gardens, and that's a four-season full year producing cut flower and food farm two blocks away from the school. And then we also have online marketplace items that are both culinary related as well as art related. So essentially right now, in addition to private donations that come from individuals and foundations and corporations and some government grants, um, we're now trying to change our revenue model to increase our earned revenue. Now, I think it'd be fair to say you're out there hustling. Uh, we're hustling. Right. It's fun to have four startup companies. 
companies uh, yeah. all happening at the same time. So uh, we're quite busy. And uh, one of the things, I guess, when you're talking to potential investors, you've got pretty terrific alums, right? Like oh, we have amazing alums. We just celebrated our 40th uh, anniversary last year with a, a big pavilion, if you happen to see it at the Jazz Fest. Um, oh, and great. practically every tent at the time, every stage had a NOCA alum performing on it. <laughs> um, but, uh, and they've been very generous. You know, Harry Connick Jr. gave a great shout out to NOCA on American Idol. But yeah. we also have so many alums that haven't become great public and well-known performers. We have those that are doctors and lawyers and engineers and great young alums like uh, Gary Solomon Jr. with All Solomon right. Entertainment who lit up the Superdome. Right. We had him on the show. Yes. That was I can't go by that at night without thinking of him. Now. And you know, he's uh, my new board president. It's the first time we've had a NOCA alum as the president of the board of the NOCA Institute in its 40-year history. Well, now, when you say 40-year history, I guess most of us some of us think you started with the new building, which was 2000, but you had an existence way beyond that. Absolutely. Um, NOCA was actually part of the Orleans Parish School System that was started by Shirley Trusty Corey back in 1973. That was the first graduating class in 1973 with uh, Moses Hogan in that class. Yeah. Uh, it started in the basement of the Museum of Art and some classes at UNO through a NEA grant. Um, and then they found the school up on Perrier Street that was supposed to be a temporary home. And uh, about four, 30 years later, that temporary <laughs> home, <laughs> we finally acquired property there in the Maroney and Bywater and led a capital campaign. And it took four governors um, to get a capital <laughs> outlay uh, bill passed. But um, the state built the campus. We raised $6 million in a private match. And the rest is history. And you know, I think when I think of NOCA, I go, when I go over there, first of all, it makes me feel so great about the city. It's, uh, and people feel that way generally, but how do you translate into this place is a gem to I'm going to write a check? Is that? Well, the very best way is to take a tour. Inevitably, everyone on a tour has some sort of interaction or encounter with a student. And their first words, they always say, oh, I wish I could have gone here. But you get a student in front of a person and talk for two minutes, and uh, they usually write a check. <laughs> now, can I ask you one question that comes up all the time is, you, I always, the students I know uh, go to a school during the day and they come over in the afternoon. Is, is that the only formula or can you go full-time at NOCA? That is still, um, we still offer two half-day options. Some students can come at 1.15, others can come at 4 if their school doesn't let them out. But we also had our first graduating class, we have a full-day option. And so students who are entering the ninth grade and are accepted at a level one in their art discipline can apply to what's called the academic studio. And uh, we spent a lot of money and a lot of time doing research and development on we're really great at our arts training. Why can't we take that same pedagogy and infuse it into academic curriculum? And we did that. And so we just had our first graduating class wow. this past May, exactly 40 years after NOCA's first graduating <laughs> class. Now, Nita, as I alluded to before, one of the interesting observations about New Orleans hospitality industry is that we're famous for our world-class chefs, but we don't have a professional cooking school. When you started Crescent City Cooks back in 2009, did you build into the business plan the possibility of becoming a professional cooking school, or are you strictly a more fun, less formal operation? It's more fun, less formal, just like me. <laughs> <laughs> so you that's, personify the place. That, okay. That's it. So, um, 
I love to cook. I love New Orleans. After Katrine, I did interior design for quite some years, and I did a lot of work um, with my interior design. And, you know, at that time, it's like everything can be gone so quickly. And what do I really, what am I really passionate about? And that was cooking. Because you and come from a cooking family, a family right? Yes, yeah. cooking on all sides of my family. They own restaurants. Restaurants too. and uh, convenience stores that sell food and fish um, mongers. And, yep. and my grandfather, they had a, um, a place at Memory Market. And so, you know, I don't know. I, I, and so when I started it, I thought, okay, I always wanted to be a chef, but I didn't want to live the chef life. I wanted a family. Oh, yeah, because that is and a brutal I, life. Yes, and I wanted to spend time with my family. So that's what I went into, into interior design. My parents both owned a bit interior design firm, and so I, natural that I did that. And once my kids were through high school, um, and they went to school with the Solomons as well, um, <laughs> they, I started to, this baby, and I said, okay, I still don't want to work nights and weekends and what can I do for my love of New Orleans and um, and that is cooking and also sharing with tourists and even locals you know just things I've learned along the way and well Nita was there a moment like you were having too many glasses of wine with friends and said you know life is short I should do the thing they were telling you do the thing that you love uh. it was yes it was like uh, I don't know I felt um, very compelled to do it. It felt very natural. It must have been scary, though, right? I mean, um, you had a decent I, business before. and Yes, but I'm not afraid. Not afraid. Not afraid. Okay. I felt that right when you walked <laughs> in the room. I <laughs> no. really felt that. I'm thing. all for it. You know, <laughs> I'm, you know, I, you know, can work hard and I have a supportive family. And, and so I never once felt, you know, overwhelmed or I just... Slid right into it. And, you know, when the Riverwalk closed, that was, you know, scary. That time. Is that, is that when you went to the French Quarter? That's when I went to the French Quarter. So you went from the Riverwalk to, to a former strip club in the French Quarter. To a former strip club. Oh, okay. Hey, as it was a, a strip club. Just wanted to get that out there. A bank and now food. So we got <laughs> all the, you know, the bases covered right there. That's, that's, that's why that's, that's, that's such a good feel when you come into the space. Those are, that's the economy, uh, the New Orleans economy there uh, you triangle go. you have there. Just keep on going. Actually, uh, <laughs> what, now, um, when you start it up, people see it and they think of how wonderful it is and such, but you had to come up with some, I'm trying to think what you had to come up with money for. In the Riverwalk, you had rent. Rent. Equipment. Right, um, equipment. What did you do? Did you have the funding or? Well, I have to say it's very difficult, you know, um, to get money funded. What I did was um, my husband had a, got a loan for his own business because he owns his business. And that's how I started oh. with the loan that he got. So you don't want his and I pay the... his loan back. You know, I paid his loan back. Okay. You didn't start with like 12 credit cards that you, you phoned in and no, got or anything. Okay, no, they, no. Now tell me about the business itself, though. You've got, these are classes that can go up to what, 90 people? I have had 90 students in the class. <laughs> I keep the class down to normally about 36 people okay. of people who don't know each other. And, and so they don't know each other. Mm -hmm. What about, That's what I was wondering, like uh, if a corporation comes in town, might they yes. send some folks? Yes, I do very, uh, large groups in that case. So in the mornings I do demonstrations, which I keep at about 36, in the afternoons is hands-on, and I keep it at 12. But like this Friday, I'm doing 50 hands-on people, because I can do 50. But I choose not to, because I really want that extra special um, 
experience. Do they eat the meal afterwards? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because they would get mad if they didn't do that. Right. They, they would get mad. And we do serve hors d'oeuvres um, while they're cooking, and they eat what they cook. Um, is and there drinking involved? Absolutely. So they, they, I was thinking about the liabilities. You've got two things that you... got knives. Knives, and, yes. Knives and drinking were the two things right. I was... Uh, <laughs> But it doesn't no seem problem. to bother you. No problem. There's uh, how many are? Uh, what percentage are out of towners versus locals? I would say we're probably like ninety ten of uh, ninety um, tourists. Wow, they. Uh, but what an experience! Everybody else has. I haven't really gotten to the point in the business where I'm going, and that is to do more. Um, cater more to the locals, yep. possibly not just cook New Orleans food, but cook and eat the way I eat. I'm a very healthy eater at home, and and a lot of my friends like, I don't want you to teach me how to make gumbo. I want you to teach me how you cook ah. at home. So that healthy option, and that may be something that I'm going towards. I ha I'm very fluid with different paths. I'm not like, this is what I'm doing. I'm set on this. I'm looking at what is there a need for? And that is where I'm going to move to. Now, Sally, Nita, here's an easy question for both of you. After a great night of New Orleans food and great music, what do you follow that with? Uh, how about a cup of coffee? Uh, 400 million cups of coffee are consumed every day in the United States. Practically every one of them leaves behind coffee grounds that are thrown into the trash. Now imagine if you could find a way to monetize those millions of tons of coffee grounds. And that's what local entrepreneur Yvette Tablada does. Yvette's startup company, Grounds to Ground, recycles coffee grounds into all natural gardening products. Yvette, welcome to Out to Lunch. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. What exactly can used coffee grounds do for my garden other than make my backyard smell like Starbucks? Well, so it's a really good slow nitrogen product. Um, it's going to be a really good slow, it's going to be a good soil amendment. So it's going to naturally break down and it's going to actually perk up all your plants. What we do with our grinds is we process them. We add natural spices to it. Spices? Yeah, so everything we add to the grounds is a food grade material. So our products are all natural, safe for kids, pets, and the environment. So it's not in a, uh, a bag with dirt, for instance, sprinkled no. in. It's, it's a it's bag? It's pure coffee grounds, and then we add some natural food grade anti-caking agent to try to keep the, to give it a shelf life. So one of the biggest things when we started this was trying to figure out how do we actually process this in an economical way? And then how do we give it a shelf life? Because naturally coffee molds very, very fast. And we have given, we have figured out a way to give our product a shelf life of one to two years. And where are these shelves? Where, where can you buy this? Um, we're currently in a lot of local gardening centers and we're trying to look to actually expand our distribution. I bet if I was walking by, I'd think, that's curious, but I wouldn't understand what the, I guess you need somebody in that store to know the story. Yes, and yeah. that's something that we need to, being a startup, we have a lot that we still need to, to work on, and one of it is, is marketing and trying to get our story out. Um, so what we do is we actually, we have two products currently, and they're actually like repellents. So we're marketing towards the repellent side. Repellent, re pests? Pest. Mm -hmm. So we have a cat repellent. So That's, we what do you do? Now we use that. We use what, um, like cayenne pepper? We do not put any pepper in our oh, products. Okay. 
They, um, yeah. I, <laughs> not, not that I did. That's why I was just, <laughs> just throwing that around. I, that's <laughs> yeah, we don't put any um, pepper in our... Sally is really what it is getting at. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> we don't put any pepper in our products because it can... Um, any self-cleaning animal, it can kind of... It can harm oh, yeah. them. So we use different spices in, in that. But what we do is... We have a natural cat repellent to keep cats out of your yard from using your garden as their litter box. I wasn't going to bring that up. That is actually what the story is. And, um, and then also a natural slug snail and ant repellent as well. Wow. Now the other way to kill slugs is little scoos beer, right? Salt. Salt. Apparently we came from different schools <laughs> of that. They, uh, they I was told beer did everything. Is that my problem, my family? They, uh, <laughs> now now t tell me, where do you get the ground? Should I... Like every Wednesday, come by and drop some off, or well, you can um, if you would like to. What we we're currently working with the PJs, so we're oh, collecting cool. all the coffee waste from one PJs. We were with another coffee shop at first, and we switched to PJs because it's more local. This is an odd question, but do they give it to you? Do you pay for it? Do they pay you for taking it away? Which way is it? They give it to us. So um, we have a route where twice a week we go and pick it up from them. And um, in then your car? we in our car, and, this and is, <laughs> that's the best and smelling we, car. We do <laughs> we do everything in our garage. So, so we are a lot of people. A garage that's, startup. That's just an example that a business started in the garage. You're still We're, in the garage. Oh yes, we are legitimately in in our garage. <laughs> <laughs> We're hand stamping every bag and wow, personally delivering it, making it, collecting it, doing all of it. And I, I think less listeners need to know that you have. And you have a background in science and engineering. You uh, worked in the nuclear industry for a while. Now you're in the oil, uh, oil business. So yes. this wasn't just a, you know, just a, just an earthy project. You know what you're doing. Well, in um, in 2010, I was laid off from oil and gas, and um, I always had passion in something else. I just didn't know where that passion was. I wanted to be a doctor at first. And uh, so I decided to go and do my master's in public health and epidemiology. Oh, wow. And through that, I just kind of, I've always been interested in sustainability. So it's just kind of, it was happenstance, really. I went to a lecture on sustainability and agriculture, and this idea came up, a very, very different idea. So I started researching that idea, and I stumbled upon coffee. And, um, and I was like, you know, I can try to really viably do this and this was when we were in Miami and I started just testing things on a balcony and in Miami and um, even then we wilder than a garage. <laughs> moved, we yes. moved to, to New Orleans and um, the weather here is very different than Miami so we had to learn how to process things very differently here and we started selling last May so we're we're still very very green. Very green, <laughs> yes. And the other, the other sense of green. They, uh, and the other thing I didn't realize until I was reading up on you was that we talk about this being good for the garden, but it's terrible for a landfill, right? It is, yes. So, well, there's a lot of things that you can do that's actually that, that can make the waste viable. Putting it in a landfill is not one of those options. In what a landfill, to it? all it does is it just decomposes and creates methane gas. Whereas what we do is we, we process it and then it's decomposing in the soil. So it's actually adding nutrients to the soil that's needed to the soil. So what we're doing is just making a waste product into a viable product that's actually green and healthy in all aspects. Wow. They I have a great garden that can help you really? your product, help promote your and product. And you serve <laughs> coffee. 
I do serve coffee. I've got another source <laughs> for you. That's the part. That's the lanya part of the show that I like so much. They, uh, what about hops? It's <laughs> <laughs> My partner collects hops also for her composting. Really? That works? At our, at our Press Street Gardens. Yes. So hop, hops and coffee grounds. Oh, my God. What a busy garden you have. They, uh, even if nothing else grows, that's terrific. They, uh, they, now, we can be justifiably proud of all the fine musicians, actors, and culinary creators in New Orleans who give us the well-deserved reputation as one of the food and music centers of the world. Uh, Sally and Nita, you are at different ends of the arts and culinary education business, but you're both contributors to the lifeblood of the city. Thank you so much for everything you're doing, and, and thanks so much for taking the time on joining me for Out to Lunch. Delighted to be here. Very kind of you. Great to meet you. Now, Yvette, New Orleans has been one of the great coffee cities of America, and more recently, it's become an entrepreneurial hub. You're bridging the old and new traditions. We look forward to watching where your startup leads to, and uh, thanks again for you for joining me on Out Thank to Lunch. Thank you. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Sally Perry, Executive Director of the NOCA Institute, Nita Duey, founder of Crescent City Cooks, and Yvette Tablada. She's the co-founder of Grounds to Ground. You can find out more about Sally's and Nita's school grounds and Yvette's coffee grounds, this is so great, by following the links on our websites. It's neworleans.com and wwno.org. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitch's latest record, Puzzle, is available everywhere great jazz is sold or stolen. You can find out more about Mitchell's music at mitchellforman.com. You can also get the show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, www.no.org and itsneworleans.com. If you want to find out what we look like, you can find the photos from the show on our websites and Facebook page. The photos were taken today by Allison Moon. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business New Orleans style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker established in 1937 with more than 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and from Iberia Bank, offering comprehensive banking services designed to meet the needs of consumer, small business, and commercial clients, serving Louisiana clients for 128 years and now serving a regional base with a commitment to developing people and investing in its communities, iberiabank.com. Additional support comes from Luba Workers' Comp and 30 North Investments.